Well, I, you know, as I said, there was literally testimony after testimony of things happening this week. I hope, I hope it's the same for you. You know, if it's, you know, that you're just seeing more and more of God working in your lives. You know, literally this morning before I came to church, I was at the office, the Lifehouse office preparing uh, for the message this morning. And I, I went down to the bathroom and I saw a scooter, which I knew belonged to one of the kids that that been working with there. And it was a kid that this week was praying for because he was pretty certain he was going to get expelled from school. You know, and he was he was pretty much a, hey, it's a guaranteed deal. And I heard yesterday that he didn't get expelled. And, you know, and so I saw him this morning and I'm like, hey, man, you know, I heard you didn't get expelled. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, maybe prayer works a whole lot more than you think. And he's like, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's those little things, the little things that we see God doing in people's lives that we don't want to discount. Small things are really important. Small things are really important. You know, another testimony from this week is, you know, early in the week, I'd been, I had dinner with this group of young people I was telling you with last week. And after dinner, they wanted me to, to do something. And the details of it are, are irrelevant. It was just something that I couldn't do. I'm like, you know, I, I just felt like, look, this is not going to be helpful for you. And it'll violate a principle of mine and I can't do it. And so as any teenager, if you've had a teenager, if your kids are teenagers, if they're not, get ready for this, they negotiated, right? Like they're trying, well, what if I present it from this direction? What if I present it from that direction? How about I try this? And, and I just stood my ground. I'm like, no, guys, love you, but I, I cannot, I cannot do that. I can't do it. And so, okay, negotiation ended, and, and a, a little a few minutes later, I was talking to a couple of them that I was standing there, or that I was actually giving a ride to. And they said to me, you know, we actually respect you so much more that you wouldn't do that. Because it means you actually stand for something. And no one stands for anything today. No one has a code. No one will stand for things. And it's these little things, right, that we get to do. Again, like I was talking to us about last week, this is a group of people that God surrounded me with. God surrounded you with people. And the little decisions that we make, the little choices that we make, they, they make a huge difference. Oh, is this guy working again? Amazing. Pause on that thought. Oh, I can hear. Yeah, thank you so much. Again, let's give it up for the sound, guys. So, so these little, no, don't be sorry. It's awesome. The little, the little decisions, the little choices we make, they make a huge difference to the people around us. People are watching us all the time. You know, if people know you, would they know you are a Christian by how you act? Would they look at your life and go, there's something different about you? They may not know why, right? I mean, us being Christians, it shouldn't be because we're preaching at everybody that they would know. It should be that we are, have the opportunity to share about God because we live differently than the other people around us that are not Christians. That's a little bit of an echo. There we go. 
So something I want to talk to us about today in regards to this, because it's super important as we are starting off this new year. There's lots of new things starting off. As you saw, we had all the life group leaders up here last week. And, you know, there's groups that you can be joining that way. There's youth. There's young adult stuff. There is women's events. There's going to be men's events. There's all this different stuff you can get involved in. Actually, you know, in some cases, there may be too much to get involved in. So you've got to pick and choose what you do. But what I want to talk to you about is what, whatever you do, honor your word. Honor your word. Your word is so important. It's so important that scripture speaks a whole lot about it, actually. So I want to read to us from Matthew 5, verse 33 to 37. Are we good? Is this sound working? Yeah. Okay. So Matthew 5, verse 33, it says, Again, you've heard it was said to people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. Now, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament there. We'll look at those scriptures in a minute. But then Jesus says, I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for it, you cannot even make one hair on it white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything else beyond that comes from the evil one. Now listen, I have, I have seen this scripture interpreted in many different ways. I, often in a kind of fundamentalist way, I've known people like, well, when I go to court, I cannot swear on a Bible or I can't do these different things. And, and they interpret this from that perspective, which is not the point of what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying like, look, you shouldn't need to swear on something else. Your word should stand itself. Your yes should always be known as a yes, and your no should always be known as a no. People should trust that you have integrity in what you say. Matthew 23, verse 16, Jesus elaborates on this. And there's a reason he speaks into this in the Sermon on the Mount. Because clearly, when we read in Matthew 23, it was a big problem in the Israel or Jewish culture at the time. Because when Jesus is going at the religious leaders, calling them hypocrites, you know, the, the title of this section is the seven woes. This is one of the things he says to them. He says, woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple is bound by their oath. And so it's saying, look, you know, in their culture, they're literally saying, well, if you listen, if you make a promise and you swear on the temple... You don't actually have to keep that promise. That's okay. But you know, if you swear on the gold of the temple, well, uh, sorry, that one, you, you have to honor that one. Then he says, Jesus goes on even stronger. You blind fools, which is greater? The gold of the temple that makes, or the gold, that, or, or the temple, <laughs> the gold or the temple that makes that gold sacred. You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath, you blind men, which is greater, the gift on the altar that makes the gift or the, or the altar that makes the gift sacred. Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. Anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Basically saying, hey, look, 
You're going to make, you're going to swear on things. Like, again, let your yes be yes. Don't have these technicalities that say, well, if I present it this way, then it means something. And if I present it that way, it doesn't mean anything. And it's left for the hearer to decide. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. All these things that Jesus is saying here, he's pulling from the Old Testament. So let me show you. Numbers 30, verses 1 to 2. Here's Moses. He's talking to the heads of the tribes of Israel. And he says, this is what the Lord commands. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything that he said. Deuteronomy 23, 21 to 23, it says, if you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it. For the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you won't be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do, because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. We, as a people that follow Jesus, are are a people, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Right? And it's so important that we exercise that self-control. Leviticus 19, verses 11 to 12, it's it's listing off some of the commands of God to to the Israelite people, says, do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profound and so profane the name of God. I am the Lord. So we had this interesting thing happen yesterday. And but I'm speaking of this, and if if this applies to you, this is not about guilt, it's not about shame, anything along those lines. I'm not going to say any names or anything along those lines. Because what happened yesterday, I've heard from life group leaders, this happens. I've heard from people that are planning different events, this thing happens. And we had a young adult barbecue yesterday, which is amazing. I love hanging out with the young adults. We had an ex- I, I, we've had, I don't know what, Lee figured it out. It's like 350 to people or 400 people we've fed in the last like seven or 10 days. I don't know how many barbecues we've had with all kinds of different things. When you plan, even, you know, we had, we had 17 people signed up to come to the barbecue last night. Oh, 20 people, okay. And you know, that is a good, it sounds crazy, but that, the prep effort of that started at 10 o'clock, actually started the day before. But Saturday, it started at 10 o'clock in the morning for the 4 o'clock barbecue. You know, we started, you know, from everything from the lawn's got to get cut, the backyard's got to get cleaned up, you know, the barbecue that we'd hauled over to the center's got to get brought back, different things have got to be prepared, be made, things chopped up, all that kind of stuff so that we can have people at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock comes and there's just me and Lee. By 4.30, there's four people. By 5 o'clock, there's six people of the 17, 20 people that had signed up. And, you know, a couple more people rolled in, uh, you know, as the, in, by six o'clock. And with everyone that was there, we had a really good time. And it actually worked out in one sense because it was kind of like the banquet, you know, that Jesus said, because some of the young guys that I feed called, call, that, that I hang out with and make food for, they called me up like, hey man, we're really hungry. Do you have any food? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a whole lot of food actually. Come on over, you know? And so they rolled over and they, they literally came and they had some food and that was great, hung out for a little bit and, and went off and did their thing. 
Now, but 20 people said they were coming. And a few of those people that didn't show up messaged and said, hey, look, we're not going to be able to make it. Or, you know, and, and some, a couple, you know, one person, a couple of people had emergencies last minute. And they weren't able to come. All that kind of stuff is understandable. But a whole lot of people just said nothing and didn't show up. And it's just an interesting thing of going, what does that say about our character? And I don't, I don't think there was any bad intent or anything along those lines. And I know this happens in life groups all the time because I've talked to life group leaders that are like, you know, we're there, we're ready, and no one shows. But no one calls. No one says anything. We just were there and like one person shows. And as always ends up happening, the people that showed up to the barbecue were the new people at the church. So you're there like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. Here's people that are new and all the people have not shown up. But that happens in the life groups as well. It happens here on a Sunday morning. You know, showing up on time actually is a thing of integrity. Now, I hear all the excuses where people are like, but every church is like this. And, and we have all kinds of reasons why we don't honor a time. We make all kinds of excuses. I read this amazing book that a, a business friend gave me over the summer, and it was called Leadership in the Art of Self-Deception. And the truth is, is that we lie to ourselves all the time and make up excuses as to why it's okay to not honor our word. There's lots of things we make excuses for. But people are watching and people are impacted by our decisions. On a Sunday morning, there's teams that get here at 8.30 in the morning to be able to make, you know, to be able to set up all the worship, set up all the equipment, to do all the different things. People have been prepping for all week for kids ministry, for different things that are, that are going on. And so when we treat a Sunday morning with contempt and say, it doesn't matter if I show up at 10 or 1030, when we treat a life group or a group we belong to with contempt and say like, Hey, it doesn't matter what time I show up or if I show up at all, if we sign up for things and then just don't honor that commitment, what does that say about our word? Again, no guilt, there's no one I'm thinking of, no condemnation, hopefully conviction. Hopefully a, a rethinking of going, hold on one second, what testimony am I giving? Because I can't imagine it only happens here at church. You know, when we make an appointment with a friend or a family member and we say, yeah, I'll be there at 5 o'clock and we show up at 5.30, what does it say? Is our yes our yes and our no, no? And I'm talking about this in the context of time. You know, I grew up, I grew up Canadian, you know, grew up here in Canada. And one thing, if you've grown up in Canada, if, you know, you'll, you know about the culture is that people say nice things to your face, but then don't follow through. When I first got married, I was shocked at the directness of Lee. I'm like, why is she so mean? <laughs> like, I can't believe this. Why is she so blunt? Because I grew up in a culture where everyone was nice, but without integrity, right? Where it was, it was just assumed that what was being said was nice and polite, but you actually could never trust what people were saying to one another. And it was a big thing. When we started the church, it was always, it was hilarious, especially, it was always Canadians. Oh, that was an amazing service. I loved it. I'll be back next week. And you never see them again, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's an it's a unfortunate thing in Canadian culture. 
And, you know, time, I understand, we a group of people that are from all over the world, and we have different concepts of time. We are in Canada, and, and, and 10 o'clock does actually mean 10 o'clock here. If a barbecue starts at 12.30, it actually starts at 12.30. We're assuming you're going to show up, you know? And so, you know, the reality of choosing to move here, that we adapt to the culture that we've, we've moved to and things like that, because it's what kind of keeps the country going, you know? But this goes so far beyond. I'm saying this because, honestly, I've had a number of people, like, you know, ask me, going, can we do something you know, the worship team's been like, can we talk about time? Because it's so discouraging when we start worship and there's 10 people in the room. You know, I've had life group leaders like, hey, can we talk about this? Because it's, it's really discouraging when we've put this time and effort and we've put our night aside and people just don't show up. And so I want to talk about this as a, um, to us as a group. And, and, to be, and obviously it was very direct for us last night. You know, so that this isn't a culture we perpetuate. And again, not guilt, not shame, or anything along those lines. No one needs to come up and like apologize to me or stuff along those lines. I'm simply saying it. I, know, I realize I've done it at times, right? I'm not sitting here from self self-righteous position where it's like, hey, I, I, I don't do it either. There's times where I've done the same thing. And, you know, as I speak, I speak to myself. Because as I was preparing, God reminded me of a conference I signed up for that was free and I didn't show up to. And it was a one-day thing, and I'm like, oh, it's okay if I don't show up. There's, like, going to be 100-some people there. But I said I would be there. You know? It's that, that thing of us honoring what we say. Us honoring what we say. I probably even more so thing for me is because, you know, when I'm, I'm working with these young people, they have no concept of this. And so, you know, and if you're raising children, it's something you have to teach them as well. Let's be a people of integrity because small things matter. You know, as we walk out our, I talk about, and I'm going to always keep talking about, you know, us reaching a million people by, by reaching one person a year and teaching them to do the same. But how we walk and live matters. What we teach to that person matters. You know, what people around us are seeing from us matters. And it's small things. Small things are deeply important. Because they are what opens up the door to bigger things. Right? If people don't see me, it's like, and Jesus talks about this. Right? If you can't handle, if you can't handle the small things, how do you expect God to entrust you with things that are bigger? And so those are our training ground. The things that are, that are somewhat insignificant actually matter. And we're this amazing group of people, you know, that are, that are, want to be, hopefully, a testimony to this world. We want to be the sons and daughters of God that actually arise in this generation and bring hope to this generation. That are able to say, hey, you know, there is a different way. There's a different way you can live. Jesus Christ is real. Let me show you by how I demonstrate how he is in my life. I'm definitely not perfect. You're definitely not perfect. We don't have to be perfect, but may we be people that do truly desire to exhibit, to exhibit to those around us the character of Christ by how we are and how we live. So I encourage, you know, 
doesn't mean if you sign, if you, if something comes up, like if you're in a life group, sign up for a life group and something comes up and you can't be there, just let them know. You know, if there's an emergency that comes up, let them know. You know, if there's, if, if circumstances change, let them know. If you signed up for something and you can't make it, let people know. Ideally though, you know, the, the worst case thing is when people are like playing off better options and I'm sure no one's doing that. There's just sometimes life. But also with it, may we be, you know, one of the things we've spoken about a lot is like, hey, it's really important that we're not a people that are too busy. We're not measured. Our spirituality is not measured by our activity. We don't have to be at everything. We don't have to do everything. So, so pick the things that God's telling you to do. Be involved in those things and then honor the commitment and follow through. Be part of that. Because there's those people that God wants to send to you for you to disciple need you to be a person of integrity. They need to be able to count on you. They need to be able to count on you. So may we honor our word together. May we be a people that can count on one another, that can trust what each of us say to one another, that our yes would be yes and our no would be no. And we wouldn't be afraid to say yes, and we wouldn't be afraid to say no. People would be able to honor, you know, would know that what we say is true. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Well, I'm actually finished a little bit early, which is really awesome, because, you know, we've talked a lot about blessing and praying. Let's just take a minute and pray for one another. You know, just ask the people around you what they, you can pray for and then bless them. Pray into that. Declare, whatever, you know, declare God's purposes over each other's lives because we all need that. Okay, so just do it for the people around you. So before you get off the coffee and cookies and all that, we'll be out there in a couple of minutes. But it's a great opportunity for us to be able to do this for one another today.